You ever think about quitting? It's the combat of life hammering the snot out of you. Well, stand by, dig in deep, and get ready to get fired up with us. Welcome to the Team Never Quit Podcast, the number one podcast that inspires you to fight on. I'm your host, David Rutt Rutherford, here with Mr. Never Quit himself, Marcus Luttrell. Our mission is to help you embrace the suck of life, to teach you the values of working your ass off, and to interview the most hard-charging people on planet Earth. We know life is hard. It's time for you to suck it up, buttercup, and let us teach you to persevere in every environment imaginable by sharing real-world lessons learned by those who never quit. That's right. It's time, Marcus, for us to help them defeat the well, negative you insurgency me up, man. in their you lives. Fire me up. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's roll. Let's roll. Marcus! Marcus! I gotta tell you what, man. When I start doing that, people get super fired up. And you know why I'm fired up today for this show, Marcus? Do you know? Because we're together. <laughs> well, well, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I do I'm know. St- I'm fired up too, man. Because I'm staring at your pretty face. That is absolutely for sure, yes. But there's another reason, bud. There's another reason. It's because we're back on, on the air, and we're back here talking about the never-quit mindset. We're back here inspiring millions of people right now to help them understand that that the mission in life, right, is to endure the pain and, and to be prepared for it with a positive attitude, to, to develop that never-quit mindset in such a way that you're ready to go. You're ready for the combat of life, and that's why we're here. It. One reason, one and only, man. And no matter how many different stories and how many different ways they come in here, it's the same. That's what it's all about. And, and brother, I love how you put it that way. I mean, I, I'll sit there and, and everybody knows me. They'll know that I'm going to start talking about cognitive psychology and positives and all this stuff. And you're like, listen, brother, listen, it's all getting us to the same place. <laughs> and that's how we function in the combat of life. That's it. Oh, and, you know, everybody's way and how they, they, they think about stuff. I mean, that's the beauty about me and you, man. Just t- two different ways of looking at it. Same same direction, same point. So, I, I mean, a country part of me, man, I got to break it down to about two words. That's all, that's all I need, two words. And I'll, I'll know what I'm supposed to do. I love it. All right. So, if this is your first time listening to the TNQ podcast, welcome aboard. We're super fired up that you're here, that you've chosen us to let us come into your life to help you discover the never quit, to enhance the never quit mindset, to figure out what attitude you need to do. Because that's our mission. Our mission is to expose people across America and around the world to what the never quit mindset, attitude, emotions, what it's all about, and how you can begin implementing in your life. And we do that in kind of three different ways. First, we, when we start the show out, we like to have a, a, a nice little fun historical moment and talk about some great never quit stories in history. Then we like to get into the interview themselves where we bring on board Someone that Marcus and I truly believe will have an impact on your life. A person that has a story that's going to be able to inspire you or light the fire in your gut, as we like to say it, right? Exactly. And the beauty about it is it could be anybody. We, because we, everybody <laughs> has that when everybody has that one time when they were they were in it and were having problems getting out of the situation and what they did to overcome that is what we're looking for. Because everybody's been in a situation 
where they needed some help getting out of it. They needed to back up and think about, hey, I got to really put down to get out of this. And we, everyone's example of how they do that is unique. That's what's awesome. That's what's awesome. And, and that's why we're doing what we're doing. We're going to bring on our mission again is not only to expose you to the never quit mindset here on a TNQ podcast, but it's also to expose you to all these different types of unique people and how they do it, how they got there. What drives them to succeed in, in, in the face of adversity? I mean, that's the special, the special parts of what we're trying to do here. If you want to know more about who we are, what we do, you know, go ahead and visit us at the tnqpodcast.com, at, at tnqpodcast.com. Or you want to know more about the whole package, the whole our whole mission in life, and whether it's the Lone Survivor Foundation, or it's the Team Never Quit Speakers, or it's the our great store with all our killer gear that we got out there, go to TeamNeverQuit.com, and you can really begin to understand what our new mission in life is. All right, so today's show, I'm particularly fired up, and, and I'll tell you why. is because coming from our background, right? And the fact that we're, we're team guys, um, you know, and getting this thing launched and, and kicked off right, I think it, it's real important for us to, to, to hear from our brothers. Absolutely. And, and you were so gracious to suggest having this gentleman come on today. And we'll, we'll get to him in a moment. And, but, you know, really what he represents on that next level of never quit, right? And, and I think that's critical. And the fact that, he come, that he's a ranger – is is unique. I mean, sure. I think everybody was going to expect us to have a team guy on first, right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, right. Stick with <laughs> stick with our kind. That's the beauty about us, though, man. We kind of metastasize into everybody's uh, service and work with them, and so anywhere we go, it's it's fun. I mean, the the, the the jabbing back and forth at each other because we're in separate branches, but when it's go time, oh, dude! I so I remember my first exposure was yeah was jump school to regular, you know, to the boot, right, to the black shoe, oh, yeah. and all that. But but my first real exposure to rangers right it was when i went to 18 delta and i'll never forget one of the instructors was an old ranger been in got in like 70 something right his name was johnny i forget johnny something maybe he's a sergeant major and he taught us hand to hand and i remember like we'd go out there on fridays and he was a big old country boy like you right yeah and we get out there and he we'd put the helmets on and the pads and he'd have us walk and he was like all right so when you're in this position, wham, wham, wham. And, and like, so we'd, every Friday, we'd get our bells rung by this old timer. And I was like, these guys are nuts, dude. Uh, mine, mine was 18 Delta as well. Right. And I remember I, I was sitting next to, there was three of them. And I was sitting next to one of them. And then there was a young ranger in there. So uh, I guess the equivalent of seal pup, right? Right. And uh, we started going back and forth at it. I mean, we're young, young in the community and, and full of a bravado and stuff like that. And uh, he goes, well, where's your trident? I, I, you don't have your bird. Undesignated. Undesignated. Yeah, that's it. Didn't matter. I graduated, Buzz. I wasn't a SEAL, technically. I mean, I graduated, but I hadn't been through STT or anything like that. I know it well. And uh, and I go, well, uh, you're a ranger. He was at, he was at uh, um Battalion, range battalion. Yeah. So he was there. I mean, he was a ranger. He was doing it, but he didn't have his tab. The young kid didn't have his tab, right. and I was like, "Are you a ranger?" He's like, "Yeah." I go, well, "Where's your tab?" Because I mean, it, technically, yeah, he, it's the same he thing, is right? a ranger, right? But yeah. and and that's when you start learning about how those little 
details that make <laughs> that matter. great. Right. They make it are matter. You at the, are you there or are you not? Did you go through ranger school? But you don't have. I mean, right. did you go through SEAL training because you don't have a trident? I'll just kind of. I mean, we could go all day with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, that man, it was it was. I had a lot of fun with them guys because they're they can be as equally as crazy. Whoa, yeah, whoa, man. Yeah. Whoa, uh, they were full tilt. All right. Well, so we both had these great experiences and introduced and, and along the way, you know, throughout history, Rangers have played a, an incredible role. In, in in our nation's history and, and an ability to be great war fighters. So, you know, the historical sto- story that Marcus and I thought would be a good one today for you guys to get the show rolling is the story of Point Duhok on the D-Day invasion, where the, fi- the 2nd and 5th Ranger Battalions went up and they did this incredible feat on Omaha Beach, which was to scale Point Duhok, and their mission was to take out these major batteries that were on these cliff heads and these cliffs were like a hundred straight feet up and, and, and to climb up and take out all these guns, right? These Rangers, like 500 Rangers or so. And the, the, they were, they had so much resistance and so much battle. Plus when they originally hit the shoreline, they were late in landing, right? Because, because right. I, I, I and our to, shelling didn't even hit at all. Didn't hit any of those major. And I, but I, I'm going to throw this out because we have to, because, because the NCDUs are actual brethren. First on. <laughs> first, uh, <laughs> first there, they, they actually had a horrible time clearing the channels to yeah. get those boats ashore. Right? Sure, yeah. We had, we had, we took a 51% casualty right there too. We had 66 guys go in to clear those channels and only 30, I think it was like 31, 32 came back. Or, yeah. A- anyway, so these guys hit the shore. They had to go over. They scaled these things. And then the other guys couldn't link up. And it was this tremendous battle for them for two days. Right. And I think when you look at that story, it really embodies the never quit mindset of Ranger Battalion. Sure. I mean, they're coming over the water, too. I mean, you're throwing in an element that, that, that I mean, Frogman, that's kind of one thing, but. Not only are you going to have to go in there and take that head on, grounded. I mean, how long did they spend fortifying that beachhead? Oh, if you've got concrete bunkers set up with the, with, great, with the, the Northern with, Wall, right, whatever those it's called, cannons hanging out of it, I mean, they're ready. I mean, they, they, uh, Hitler invested. I mean, after they went into France, like that was his first deal, That's was it. just, uh, because he, he knew we were going to come eventually. Right, right through here. Right through here. Yeah, and, and we did. <laughs> a lot of dudes. Yeah. Here we come. <laughs> here we are. I'm glad you know about it. That ought to tell you a little bit about us. <laughs> exactly. We're still coming. <laughs> the never quit mindset, right. right? Yeah, exactly. I love it. I love it. So anyways, these rangers, they get up there. They scale the top. The guns had been moved, unbeknownst to them. So they actually went out and went and go found all the guns, yeah. took them out. That night, they had bunch of German counterattacks. They were almost driven off the I cliff. I tell you about how squared away because the the mission because you you know how it works, man. You can shave it how you want it. And they're like, hey, there's a battery up on top of that ridge right there. Get up there and destroy it. So you get to the top. There's no battery. You're like, yep. Wasn't, it wasn't there. <laughs> go find it. Exactly. Because <laughs> you know you got the one guy's like, it's not here. Cool, we can go back. And then the rest of them are like, well, no, no, no. Well, yeah, we gotta go find it. <laughs> yeah. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> you know how hard it was to climb up that mountain? One of my boots is wet, and I, I mean, I got a hitchhiker in there this, yeah, the, the size of the Gibraltar rock, right? That's totally. how it always works, right there. Catch totally. That one foot. Yeah, man, that's that's, oh. that's the, the comedy. Or, I mean, when you look at that 
horror and, and the, yeah. that dark side of it, man. I mean, because you, you got to laugh about that. Be like, man, not only do we have to climb that thing, and they moved it. <laughs> now we got to go hunting down. Now we got to go hiking down. We're isolated. We're we're by ourselves. We don't have a full battalion with us. Now let's go find yeah, it. Comms didn't work. Yeah, no. Ra- can radio anybody <laughs> tell you that you were moving off that? Yeah, that your point. Hey, by the way, we need we need reinforce. No, you ain't got no cops. No, yeah. I don't. And I couldn't imagine climbing up the hill, getting compromised when you're hanging on a rope. Must suck. I mean, because the way the 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 head of the the, the mountain there, the the face of that rock was, it was water and, and reef underneath, right? Yeah. So I mean, what are you going to leave? You can't leave two guys down there as as cover fire because it's straight up man. they're not gonna do you any good right you're going i, know, no I, I mean it, it, yeah it's like, hey i hope he doesn't see me playing spider-man on the side side of the wall here time out because man nazis are nasty dude there ain't no time out no, no, combat, no. right hey, what about the guy who doesn't know how to climb or, or you get halfway up, you're like, hey, I want to go back. That guy, like, where are you going to go, man? His arms burn out yeah. on the caving ladder. Yeah. Somebody grab me. What? I just, you know, this story is just such a, a, a legendary story for these guys. And I just wanted to, you know, bring bring some credence to it and, 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 and to share it with everybody who's listening and to say, hey, go check this out. These guys, this this group of men. This, this unit has been around a long time proving themselves on the battlefield at the highest level. And, and Marcus, you know, I never had a chance to, to work with any Rangers when I was downrange. I mean, I did when some contractor, when I was doing some contractor, but never, never in the thick of it. Did you ever get a chance to work with those guys? Oh, sure. Absolutely. I mean, I was the lucky part about it. Being on the, on a recon team and then back into Ramadi, I mean, Hell, they were set up right out. So we had to drive through their their camp to get out out of uh, Shark Base. Right, that striker. They had that striker giant set up in there. And uh, man, once you and I get the back and forth. I mean, I loved it. That's that's what's important. My dad would tell me about it. He's like, yeah, you know, they'd hang their underwear up with the face, and this guy'd be like, you know, piss on you. And so, I mean, it's, it's just nonstop. Right. Because once they figure out who's sitting next to them, it's on. It's on. It, and we have a tendency to yeah, draw yeah, fire, especially we? if we beat on our chest as hard as they do. Right. But uh, uh, I, I being an 18 Delta was so so beneficial, man. Because once you understand, and I drank the Kool Aid too. I was a hardcore frogman, but I, I always had the ability to understand that side of it. And yeah. if you know the backstory behind them, just like you do us, you understand why that's there. And, and you learn to work them, with them. Yeah, that's what makes it great about it. Yeah. And then we have some guys who were who are tabbed up. Oh yeah. So oh, that, that. Oh yeah. You want to talk about clearing the air? I mean, we walk in and you could see the. I mean, it was chest beating. Like we got this, and then you know. Dudley or somebody would raise up that where we wear yeah. hide it under your lapel there. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He, he there was a reason why he put it on there yeah. just for that, just for that right? reason. And you roll that up, man, and it said Ranger across it. And then I, I mean, the eighteen Delta series for us was was kind of the end because I stayed buddies with them. And oh, that's what my main thing was was to go over to the SF guys to go to the Ranger guys because yeah, sure. they're just great medics yeah. and they're great guys. Right, and it helps being. That's your you're in right there on the medic like Marines. They totally. they hate everybody, but, but they us. love their corpsmen. <laughs> they, yeah, love they love us. their corpsmen. They, they when they see protect uh, <laughs> them with everything. <laughs> right? Oh, I bet I love it. So, I, I mean, love uh, it. they're uh, hell, man. They're the ones they pulled me out of Afghanistan they, yeah. I mean, all the time. I mean, in in Ramadi, who do you think we seals don't have tanks or Bradleys? We none of the strikers. <laughs> so when we get jammed up. <laughs> you gotta call somebody. So when I was actually gonna a, call? Yeah, when I got into a leadership position, man, I'm, I was like, hey, we need to go down to the to the local army talk, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, and and say and get to know them dudes. 
And I, there was one guy, I'll never forget him, Bulldog was his call sign. He's an Aggie. And that dude would go anywhere. You All you had to do was call him. Mean, he would, this guy was already a legend in that uh, tall, skinny yeah. redneck. And he's like, I'll come get you. You just give me a call. Call me. <laughs> and you could hear him. I mean, there was one time these these boys were, were going down. They right. were getting hammered bad. Yeah. And you could t- you could hear it in their voice over the radio. And then you hear Bulldog, I'm coming. And, and he, like, yeah, I, I think he, the, I, I didn't, I don't know if this is absolute fact, but the word going around was he dropped more tank, main tank gun rounds than anybody since, I think, Patton. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I mean, like, he, he didn't have a problem with it. He's like, I got rounds. Yeah. I'm going to use them. Yeah. He was, so what you're telling me is he was changing out barrels on, on the Bradley. <laughs> right, like, yeah, that barrel's spent. I mean, God dang, man. And, but he would mess with us, too, because one time we were in an engagement. We, we were doing a, a sniper overwatch. We were coming out of the house. Yeah. It's kind of quiet for the most part through yeah. the, the whole deal. And as we were coming out, we got engaged. So we backfilled into the house because it happened right as the point man was going out. We weren't half, half right. and half yet. And uh, so we called in for an extract, and it was, we called it the Ramadi Mile. That was that was it. Because he he sent a he, we were waiting for a, a a Bradley or something so we could get in the back and, right, and roll yeah. out, kind of hang yeah, out. Nice. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, nice. He an Abram rolls up and spins around, and we're coming out, and it's the Ramadi Mile. Cause we had to run behind it. <laughs> And they were laughing, and I mean, because the IEDs all down the road oh, and stuff every, like that. They, they drive, they're driving down the road that we were getting yeah. shot at from. <laughs> and you know, tanks still, it's not like a tank has a kind of a low gear or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I was huffing and puffing, and when we got finally got there, I was like, thanks, man. Hold on, uh-huh. like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love but, it. Yeah, he was he was straight up, man. And then there was a, there was a couple times when we we got our guys got we took a lot of cat. KIAs, but WIAs, man, mm-hmm. and I—they're just—it was funny because you'd do a map study, and we're like, "All right, this is where we're going. We're going to be hitting this house right here, right here." And we'd show up, and it'd be gone because he had already had to go in there to take it, care of business. And he blew it off. And t- it took care of it. <laughs> you know that kind of deal. Oh man! But so I'll Bulldog, be- if you're listening, dude, we just want to say thanks for being you and being a ranger. All right, the next guy, the the person we're bringing on. Um, I've had the great fortune of recently meet for the first time and, and now um, prepping for this and just spending time with Marcus uh, again and getting to know about this man. is He's really an exceptional human being. He's more than just a ranger. I mean, this man is, is in my opinion, he's, he's what people should strive to try and be. Um, I know you've, you've become very good friends with him. He's a, an original founding member of Team Never Quit. Uh, he was a ranger who lost a limb uh, on a deployment, uh, got a prosthetic, came back, got cleared hot to deploy, deployed several more times, each time getting injured, more Purple Hearts, but he keeps going back to war, Marcus. Yeah. way he's made. That's the way I he's mean, like, made. He's, that, that founding, that founding, those founding team members, I mean, I stacked the deck with people that, I, that are past me, kind of in that mentality. That's cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, why wouldn't you? Yeah, it's always man. I, I wouldn't even think. Of, <laughs> you know, my knees hurt real bad. <laughs> they do. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah there would yeah. be times like, ah, oh, my man, my knee hurts, and I look over at him. He's kind of staring at me because he didn't have one. <laughs> Sorry, like I get it. it right. So, all right. So the, the man we're talking about, ladies and gentlemen, is Mr. Chad Fleming. So, without further ado, we're gonna get this guy on the air. All right, we're 
Look, we're right back where we need to be, aren't we? Right. We're right here. On the level. And we've got got one of our own on the show now. Although he is an officer, I will let that slide. And against my better judgment, you talk me into this. (laughs) So ladies and gentlemen, we want to welcome to the show Chad Fleming, who is a member of Team Never Quit. Founding member, yeah. Founding member who's been on, he's on the Lone Survivor Foundation board. and Patriot Tour. Patriot Tour, original member. I mean, Marcus and Chad, you guys have been together a long time. And it's just such a privilege to be sitting with both of you. And Chad, a real privilege having you on, brother. Thanks for coming. Thanks. I'm glad to be here. It's good to see you guys. All right. So what what we what we do to get things started is is because you know, you start whacking people upside the head with the never what's your biggest never quit story, is we like to do the mad minute for you. So we're we're gonna run down a list of questions for you. It's it's rapid. The fire. great part about this is he could go so far down the whole rabbit hole in a mad minute. That, I mean, he just got back. You know what I mean? So, be be safe. <laughs> All right. So the mad minute. All right. So I'm gonna start my clock right now. Here we go. First question: uh, If you had to watch a movie twice, what movie would it be? Tombstone. Boom. If you had to fight one, who would it be? Schwarzenegger or Stallone? Schwarzenegger. <laughs> Is Google more likely to save the world or destroy it? Destroy it. Person you'd love to get drunk with? Marcus Luttrell. <laughs> <laughs> we do have a good time, man. I mean, it, it, it's real. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that because that's what popped into my I was like, you got to say me, man, because you know, we, we, we have a hell of a time. Uh, all right, all right. <laughs> Uh, use these three words in a sentence. Ready? Pluto, Navy SEALs, and scissors. <laughs> uh, they, I know. That's, <laughs> where his head's at. Uh, yeah, yeah. You may have, yeah. have stopped me on that. If I had a pair of scissors, the Navy SEALs would be extinct like Pluto. <laughs> that's the first thing he popped into my head when he was like, I know he's going to go somewhere with that, man. Dude, I, I was thinking of the cartoon character Pluto, not the. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's an odd time. Guess, guess what? I so my first night here uh, at, at HQ, I come down after setting up. They get back late. I walk down into the TV room, and there's him on a couch just shoveling food in his face, and he's watching Looney Tunes. <laughs> <laughs> I was getting ready to try to equate the scissors and the seal with Pluto's ass. That's yeah, what I was exactly. <laughs> All right, next question. Beatles, Rolling Stones, or Led Zeppelin? Led Zeppelin. World's best vacation destination? Cayman Islands. Dream career if you weren't doing what you're doing now? There is no other career. This is go. it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right, your greatest achievement? Um, coming back from my injuries and continuing to do what I love to do and defend this great nation, even though uh, we're surrounded by a bunch of idiots right now that feel like they deserve a handout. Well, you can't beat that right yeah, there. Yeah, that's straight <laughs> to the point. All right, that's the end of the Mad Minute. All right, that's that's about the best one we've had so far, <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah. that thing is great, Chad. We throwing that in there, man, because it does. It breaks down the... The people we had on, like I said, man, they're they're used to people trying to get those gotcha questions, and we're like, hey, look, this yeah. is we're just about to prep what what kind of ad, 
atmosphere this is. We don't we don't care. We're not trying to got, uh, get you, you know? Absolutely. <clears throat> All right, so let's get into the main block of the interview and, and what our listeners are hoping to, to, to find is is some inspiration or some of that fire, maybe a boot in their ass, right? We yeah. like to give that out a little bit too. But something to help them realize that the never quit mindset and what Marcus and I have been talking a lot about is everybody's got a great never quit story. It's just how contextually it fits into your own life. And so what we like to just jump right in and as you look back at your illustrious career of service and, and, you know, just growing up and your commitment to the country, what would you say is one of your greatest never quit stories there is? Um, coming back after the loss of a leg, uh, you know, of course, as early on as that was, in the war, nobody was wanting to sign on and let anybody go back as an amputee, uh, much less go back into combat. But it really started before that. I mean, during during the gunfight, and I mean, you That's know, right. yeah, guys that, can, so. Mark, Marcus can actually understand this and and have a have a real good understanding of it. Um, you know, things start happening in your mind, in your brain housing group. When all this is going down and it start, what it starts telling you is, hey, man, I'm going to be different from the rest of my life. You know, things are changing so much now and so drastically so fast. There's no way I'm going to recover from this possibly ever. And so really, you start going down that dark hole before you ever reach one of those hospitals. And you kind of get into such a mindset of, I mean, I can remember rolling into the blood. Uh, you know, I'd only I'd only been awake maybe a few hours um, after having surgeries done in the combat support hospital in Missoula, and then you know get on a get on a flight, roll into which by the way was the last uh, C one forty one used um, ever for medevac. Wow. Uh, you know, so you talk about being in a dark hole, and then there's all these people out there taking pictures and you know generals <laughs> and stuff like. Oh, you know, this is great. Oh, this is the last, like, yeah, dude, it, you want to get on this gurney and tell me how great it is? Yeah. And so, you know, you get in there and you, you roll into Balad and you, you know you're going to be there for 18 hours. And, and those those 18 hours, when anybody gave you a time frame, you immediately just went into a downward spiral. You're like, man, this sucks. I only want to be here for eight minutes. I don't want to be here for 18 hours. And then, you know, they package you up. And, of course, as you guys know, nothing is military is ever on time so that 18 hours turns into three hours turns into 27 however many hours it was later and then finally get to to germany you know then they want to start doing surgeries there you don't have any of your loved ones with you um you know one of your team members is traveling with you but odds are you either know the guy really well or you don't know him at all because they couldn't afford to lose one yeah. of the good guys right. you know so now you're like well i got no family members with me uh, i'm in this deep dark hole and man, it's hard to come out of that. And then when you finally make it to Walter Reed and you finally, you know, when I got to Walter Reed the first time, I mean, I don't even know if I told Marcus this. I mean, I was, I was, I was married at the time, not to my current wife, um, but she wasn't even there when I showed up. I mean, I was three days at Walter Reed before she ever showed up. And the first thing she said when she walked in the room was, Hey, I didn't sign up to take care of anybody. Yeah, I know that one. Oh, you know, and so you're already feeling sorry for yourself. You're already in a bad position. You're you're laid up in a in a hospital bed. You can't move. Your legs 
half blown off. And then you get hit with this news to add to the stress that you're already dealing with. So I was kind of hoping to, uh, to have you on board to uh, help with this little problem. <laughs> you know oh, what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, instead it's like, hey, I tell you what, here's a roadmap and a ham sandwich. Get the hell out. Right. You know, take off. I don't need you. But but still, it's it, it's hard to get over that, uh, especially when you're dealing with stuff like that. And and you don't know the outcome. You take you take a type A personality like we all are and you say, hey, guess what? You're going to be different for the rest of your life. That's a hard thing to grasp sometimes. And that's a hard thing to really understand. And then you start compounding life's misgivings on top of that. And man, before you know it, you're in a you're in a a hole of depression that you don't know if you're going to come out of or not. And uh, and to be honest with you, I I was there. I was in that hole. And, um, and I mean, Marcus knows a a good friend of ours, Chuck Yeary. Chuck was right down the hallway from me. And this dude is a character no matter what, you know, and and luckily that guy was able to come in and say, Hey man, you know, pull up your bootlaces or your boot lace yeah. Only have one. Yeah. And he's like, you know, you're not going to sit here and feel sorry for yourself, dude. You know, let, let's get up and let's race wheelchairs down the hallway or something. The teammate. But oh, uh, sure, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, why, why shouldn't you have the guys who have been hit like that, who, who can't go back to that? Just keep them online. When you, if you got, especially if you've got a lot of guys coming into the hospital at the time, like, hey, here, I know where you're at. I was right there, but this is where we're, we're going to be here in the and future. And let's that's, do it that's together. That's the inspiration, yeah. man. I mean, but shout out, we do everything together. And I mean, I very, unless he has his shorts on, forget he has that. Wow. Uh, missing that leg. I mean, the guy, he's all time. He's just. That's a testament to you, Chad. And, and one, of the, one of the interesting things that I always love. Uh, yeah. One of the things that I always love discussing with people too is hey this this never quit mindset it just doesn't all of a sudden you snap your fingers and then it falls in your lap right it's a process and it's something that takes a long time so one of the things we always like to ask after a person shares these incredible stories with us is when did you first notice hey there's such a thing as a never quit mindset. And who was the person that kind of introduced you to that? I right, led you back out of the rabbit's hole. Um, you know, I'll be honest. Uh, during that point in time at Walter Reed, I mean, we're talking, this was 2005. Uh, and so Marcus knows, knows it really well as, as well as I do. You know, when I first showed up there, there were so many people in the hospital. They put me as a, as an orthopedic case on the OBGYN yeah. floor oh my God. because they didn't have anywhere to put guys. Oh, I, was I mean, they, they were yeah. stacking like cordwood, you know, between Afghanistan and Iraq in 05, they were stacking guys like cordwood and, and Walter Reed. And, and, you know, we come from, and, and Marcus will tell you, I'm, I'm like him, man. I'll call the shot like it is. We come from an elitist mindset and we come from a, an elitist type uh, mentality. And I'll never apologize for that. You know, and to be honest with you, I really don't want to hang around people that don't have that mentality. And so when I got to Walter Reed, I saw so many freaking oxygen thieves going around that joint. Yeah. I, I decided, you know what? That ain't going to be me, man. And then, like Marcus said, there was there was a few guys there that that came from the community. And so you immediately start to gravitate towards those people. Yep. And so that's what I tell people all the time when they're like, well, hey, man, how do you do this? How do you get over this? I said, well, first of all, 
you got to figure out, you got to find somebody that's going to help push you to that level. And you got to surround yourself with those kind of people. Your buddies that are sitting at home playing video games and smoking weed and stuff, they're not going to be the ones that, that motivate you to get out of this hole you're in. <laughs> Amen. And, um, and, you know, I think when I really lost my mind was I went down to, uh, to physical therapy one day and I walked in and I was always trying to stay as long as they'd let me stay. They'd end up running me out of there and I'd come back in the afternoon. I'm like, hey, you don't understand. My goal is to get better and get out of here. And I go in there one day and it was standing room only. And I'm like, hey, who are, I asked the therapist, I'm like, who are all these people in here? And she goes, well, they're actually patients. And I said, that's funny. I said, I'm in here every day, two to three times a day. And I hadn't seen 75% of these people. And she goes, well, the Playboy Playmates are coming in today to sign autographs. And I lost my mind. I, I, I jumped up on the up on the PT table and I said, hey, I know for a fact that I outrank everybody in this room. So <laughs> shut up and listen to what I have to say. You know, he's pissed when like, he starts pulling all that. All y'all suck. <laughs> <laughs> you you yeah. literally you like, all suck. Of y'all yeah. suck. Like in case you haven't figured out your first duty is to this country and you're not doing it, you know, and I just I went on a rampage, man. And, and when I got down, the therapist was like, um, you you can't talk to them like that. And I'm like, the hell I can't. They're no, still every one of them active duty. <laughs> so, yeah, so. I love it. Long man. story short, man, that next thing I know, I'm getting hemmed up by by a colonel saying, uh, you know, hey, uh you know, you gotta be a little more gentle when you tell me like, why. I'm just like they are. I'm an amputee. Well, I don't have to be politically correct. Get away from me. Yeah. You know, but that, going back to what you asked, that's kind of what really lit my fire right then. I said, you know what? I said, I, I'm going to be that guy that can prove to these people that it can be done. Um, and and not only that, but I mean, it's just from, you know, f- the fear of failure. I mean, Marcus has heard me when I speak before. I mean, I tell people, hey, you're, you're going to fail at something in your life. It's going to happen. But, you know, you're only a failure when you start blaming other people. Mm. And that's what all those people were doing. They were blaming everybody else, the recruiter, the, you know, the guy next to them or whoever. They were blaming all them for the reason they were at Walter Reed. And it's like, hey, man, you didn't fail. You did your job. You got injured. Suck it up. Figure out how to get over it and move on with life. And I think, man, if you if you act like a cripple and you want people to treat, treat you like one, they will. They will. You in know, a heartbeat. And you got guys, afraid. To, yeah, you got guys yeah. who are like, man, you ain't don't. Don't lean down and talk to me, man. I'll, I'll be back up in a second. Kind of, it's just not, it's just, hey, man, it was just my leg. Yeah. I'm still going. My heart's still here. Right, I mean, my head's still in the game. No. I'm still 100% committed to what I believe in. This fucking tab right here means something. Yeah. Same thing with the trident. I mean, that that's that's a big deal. And 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 what's so cool to hear you say those things, Chad, is, is that, you know, that deficiency in your life well, it was was going to be a catalyst for your success. It was gonna it was gonna propel you to that next level of performance and and to push yourself even harder than before. And what I want to know, and I think what the, the people who are listening to you want to know, is where did you learn that process? You know, I don't know that it's I don't know that it's a learned process. I mean, I think it's the 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 DNA and the genetic makeup and how we're raised. I mean, you know, if you ever hear Marcus 
speak, you know, he'll tell you about how his dad treated he and Morgan when they were growing up, you know. Yeah, they weren't abused, but man, when they needed to be tuned up, and sometimes when they didn't need to be tuned up, they still got tuned up. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And that's the way I was raised, too. I mean, my mama, and I know Marcus's mama well, my mama never told me, hey, wait till your daddy gets home. My mama would beat me and then say, oh, <laughs> Where by, that the way, ass out? by the way, when your daddy gets home, you can deal with him, too. And it's like, whoa, man, what do you pick? You know, I don't need it from both sides. Let's slow this down so, a little bit, Ma. <laughs> <laughs> Can we talk so, about that? So, I really do. I think it's I think it's instilled in you from 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 when you grow up, and it's just the makeup of who we are. Uh, can Can someone change? Absolutely. You know, if if they don't have that complete makeup, they can change, but they got to want to change. Where's um, that want come from? You well, think? I, you know what, Chad? Here, and, and the way Chad are, uh, and brought up and everything, and I remember, and the learning everything, going through all that stuff. When I got hit, I I just could not wait to get back online, to get back there, and to, just to go back for one day, if it was, just to prove to myself that because my dad always said, if you get whipped, get back up and go back at him till you whip him. And keep taking the beatings because yeah. eventually you'll figure it out. And man, when you get hit hard, it takes you down to the bad place. They take, well, they essentially rip everything we are out of us when we get hurt because we think it's over. And that's all we got is this machine. And going back, no matter what that took, as soon as I stepped in there, I had never had a problem since. Really? Yeah. No. It, if it, guys it, would just, I know it sounds idiotic man but if you got enough strength to muster up just to go back it's getting back on the horse i mean it's an old cowboy saying you get thrown my mom loves to say this she's like there's never been a horse that had been rode there's never been a rider that hadn't been thrown and i grew up with that man and wow. i and we got beat firefighters don't stop being firemen police officers hell, he's police officer too. you know i mean they just he's always finding some way to get back up online and when we met man i hitched my wagon to him and i was like take me on a ride because you if you Try to hang out with dudes that are stronger and better and fat. I mean, he's missing legs still out. That kind of stuff, and yeah, I see that. That's awesome. And uh, yeah, that's. I mean, that's one of them deals. It doesn't matter what he's doing. You're gonna. You're gonna benefit from it. Chad, when 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 you finally got your your physicality back, obviously you you were mentally prepared. You were driving forward. What was the challenge like to to convince them to allow you to redeploy and go back to combat? Um, I mean, it was it was painful. Uh, I mean, you guys both know how the military works. You know, nobody wants to be that one person that says, okay, I'm going to sign off on this because if it goes bad, if you get- that's the person they're going <laughs> to yeah, man. You know what I mean? You Instead know, of some leader just- in the military going, hey, I need bodies. Get your, your butt over here. And now it's all, oh, man. <laughs> just They keep passing the buck, man. It's like, hey, uh, we'll go talk to this guy. We'll go talk to this guy. You know, finally, what it took was was one of the one of the JSOC surgeons saying, hey, listen, you know, uh, I think if you can keep up with this group of individuals, then who can tell, you no?" you know. And so then when you went and started doing the physical things back, basically through a quasi type selection process, um, you know, you like Marcus was saying a minute ago, they realized, hey, man, you can keep up with you know, 70% of the able-bodied individuals. So at this point in time, why can, why are, why are we telling you no? Right. You know, but now, but there, there's a catch to that too. And I, and I just went through with, I just went through something uh, like this about a month ago. Um, and, and 
you've got to be man enough to know when it's time to hang the boots up. And if I and I and I've told everybody, if I ever get to the point where I feel like I'm going to be a hindrance or I'm going to slow you down, I'll be the first guy that raises my hand and says, "Hey guys, I'm out." Yeah. But until then, I'm going to run your ass in the ground as long as I can. And um, man, that comes with all your experience too, because you know while we're coming up, it'd been like, "Hey." Uh, behind the scene, I'm rubbing the jelly on because my legs are hurting, <laughs> but I still got enough mo- man in me to keep trying to go. And that's what happened to me, man. I was more of a liability than an asset, and it upset me, but I understood it. And, um, and, and when they, when you hear that, when you, when you hear that moment, it, it does it does it ignite a new struggle? But because you guys were already knocked way down, you mustered up. You know, that commitment to get back in, you know, you never quit. You kept back in. And then you hit the point where, you know, people that you respected are like, hey, all right, maybe it's time. Is it easier then or is it still just as hard? It's the same for us. I know this for a fact. It's kind of like the fire, the motivation I had to get back up online was still there. Just because I wasn't been able to go down that door, you know, like with the door shut, man, we find another one. There's, like we said, there's a lot of different ways to get to the same point, and we exhausted every effort I did, and then I was I was done. He, look, he's still he's I mean, still rolling. How, that tells you how much more of a man he is than me. I mean, <laughs> he's SF, got one leg back. How's that feel? He's such a bad SF guys get hurt, and he's still better than sta- I mean, they're like standard issue military mark one motto. You're you're still better. I mean, like, get, get, where's the Incredible Hulk serum? Because as soon as that comes online, or the Iron Man serum, I'm, 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 I'm in, dude. Well, David, kind of going back to what we talked to earlier, or talked about earlier, you know, getting into that that haze, that black fog. I mean. I went back to Walter Reed twice again, wow. you know, after separate injuries. And so I actually think it was easier for me at the time. Um, because, and a lot of people don't understand that. I mean, even, even my dad doesn't understand that. My dad was like, son, you're an idiot. There's no way you can be from, from my loins, you know. <laughs> uh, you're going to go back and get injured again. And then, you know, what's wrong with you? But it's like Marcus said, you know, you're getting back on that horse, man, when, you know, you know, just like when Marcus went back to Ramadi, I mean, you're going back in and you realize, you know what, man, I can still do this. And the difference is I know what's on the other side of that black hole. I made it. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, I it, and I made it. And so to not to say that you kind of have a sense of arrogance, but you do have a, a serious case of confidence. And you're like, you know what? I lived through it. I can make it. So give me what you got. We'll see what happens. I, you know? That was the one thing when I went back, and it didn't come for me. And I, I would, I had never expected to hurt this. But my, my new guys were literally out in it, and be like, just because you're standing here, I feel a little bit more comfortable. <laughs> because if I'm losing my mind and Chad's losing his mind in combat after after the stuff that we've been through, <laughs> yeah. then we got a problem. But yeah. until that that escalation, I'm like, ah, we're we're good, you know, kind of check it out. But we'll be all right. <laughs> yeah. When you see the hey, old, well, hey over there, just yeah. you know. Stand up, take a knee, turn outboard, drink some water. We'll be all right. You Let's see go. the old guy sweating, then maybe there's, a little, there's something to it. That was the, the only the only added benefit I brought to the Ramadi deal. Hey, but Marcus can relate too, man, because you know when you do go over there and they're like, "All right, man, we're going to do a half into somewhere," and you're like, uh, "Hey, Mister Helicopter Pilot, when's the last time you guys service this thing? Uh, you sure everything's good?" 
All right, are we leaking oil? Up? All right, that's a good sign. You know, you're sitting here going through that whole thing, going, "Man, hey, and guys are too." Pr- that's a too proud moment that you just told about it. I absolutely, yeah. Sam. I'm like, "Hey, we cleared this route, right?" I mean, I I don't want to get busted up like that again. That was that kind of, and I'll never forget Tom Rhino, my troop commander. We something happened. They were this. All the EOG guys rolling in, blown to hell. And I was like, sir, man, I think they know we're coming. It's probably a bad idea. He looked at me and goes, well, you know, they always know we're coming. <laughs> Suck it up. I called my card right there. I mean, I was being a – of course, it was a little bit more elaborate than that. I can't yeah, use the yeah, language. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, in, into my face, jocked up. We were r- rolling out of the door, and I just looked, and I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm being a bitch, aren't I? He's like, yep. I'm like <laughs> – all right, sir. I mean, when you get it handed to you, man, you can't help it. That little spidey sense is back there, man. You take that. You, hey, that David, go ahead. David, watch Marcus's reaction when I say this. I got to the point, man, where I would download water so I could carry more magazines. Oh, my God. Oh, man, <laughs> Checking that thing, making sure that spring in that mag. I was like, this is going to go off. This is going to go off, man. <laughs> I carry extra mag in my hand. You know, I mean, one of them kind of deals. Sure. Good, man. Battery. Checking the battery. Better yeah. not go dead. You know, you lose a battery in combat. I, got, I mean, you're. You know. Oh, my man. God. And that's the funny part about it because you know everybody's like that. Uh, right, I carry two magazines on the back of my plate rack. And tell the dudes, hey, man, if we get into it, just start handing me mags off my back. Make sure all of y'all have the same weapon that I am carrying, yeah, yeah, too. Literally, literally, literally. And, and if, if it goes down, drop in the prone next to me, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right. Well, the, you know, the, the one amazing thing is that I love to hear when I get a chance to sit with, with – you know, guys that I have tremendous respect for like you too. And and you start hearing the joy and you got with which you tell these stories because you realize the profound nature of what you went through, not in that arrogance level, but in that high level of confidence. And you also realize this, these wonderful lessons that you learn and that they're, they're going to be with you forever and to make, you know, to take them on board and to utilize them in a really special way, um, you know. And and what I also like is that as you as your maturity evolves and your wisdom evolves, do you guys did you find yourselves wanting to share that wisdom more frequently, like to to pull that young whippersnapper off to the side and, and instead of outing them in front of everybody, but pull them off to the side and get into them and in a sincere way say, hey, listen. This is what you got to think about. And that comes with experience. I, go ahead, Chad. You can take that one. I, I think it's the same. For yeah. Here, here's a hard part with that one, David. And Marcus, you know, once again, I, I think I can speak for him. He'll relate to this. The, the hard part is there's that line between you or, or myself or Marcus feeling like it's being boastful and you're kind of bragging about something that you did. And then – that line of, hey, I'm actually helping this guy. And that's I have problems with that sometimes. I'm like, I, you know, I don't want to come across as somebody that's going, hey, uh, you know, that's why I laugh at these dudes on Facebook and, you know, and, and all these guys, and especially these stolen Valor guys. It's like, hey, if you really knew what you were freaking talking about, man, you wouldn't be putting that on there. We'd be bragging about it. Um, yeah. yeah. You know, and it, and it's, you know, people, oh, man, if I get in a gunfight, this is what I'm going to do. And it's like, you've obviously never been yeah. in one then because that's the last, you know. Yeah. That's, that's right when I shut it down right there. I'm like, you do, but, 
<laughs> hey, I, I, mean, I, I, yeah, you, I think you, you touched on something here, Chad. I'm sorry about this, and I, I'm glad that's why I had you on here, man, because you pull something out of us that that I probably wouldn't think about. But man, them guys that get into it real bad, and I think this could go both ways. You get into it real bad, and you make it through on the other side. You could either get a god complex, or you have that spidey sense tingling on the back of your neck, and. And I, I often thought that the young guys saw me asking the questions and, and packing the extra mags. Like, ah, oh, looks like he's slipping. He might be losing. He might, he might get. I'm like, hey, man, I'm just been to that dark side. And I'm not embarrassed to talk about it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm grabbing a couple of extra mags. I don't move like you do anymore, youngin. You know, stand by. <laughs> but it's okay to feel like that. Yeah. I mean, we went back. He still goes back. And we both felt like that. But we still went. That's the difference, man. I went back, but. Yeah, not only am I kind of uneasy about it, but I'm here. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I hate to jump out of airplanes, but I'll follow him out or you out anytime. Right. And that's that was what it was about. And that was the hard part, too, man, is because the guys, they're still so fired up. We eat off that. We thrive off that. So, I mean, even when it's time in my head, I'm like, man, probably not a good idea to go back. My whole back's kind of, and the young guy be like, hey, you ready? I'm like, yeah, I'm ready, man. Let's get it all, baby. <laughs> <laughs> So, so Chad, he, now in 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 where you're at and where you're going and that wisdom and, um, it, it you know obviously when we first started the interview you talked about this insatiable appetite to serve the country, to continue serving it, it, it as long as as the powers that be allow you to or that your family wants you to or that you still have it in you. When when what happens in your mind with when you know, that portion of your life is over. Uh, where, where do you take all these incredible experiences and, and where do you apply them? I mean, I, I think it's, it's kind of the stuff that we used to see on the Patriot tour. Um, you know, for us, we go out and tell a story and we don't realize the impact that it has on somebody's life. And then they come up to you afterwards or, you know, they send some long, uh, email in saying, Hey, you know, you don't know me, but you just helped me do X, Y, and Z. And I was facing this in my life. And, um, I, you know, I, I think either that's where you go with it, or I tell you where else I, I've, I've recently gone with it. And, you know, I, I contacted Marcus's dear friend, uh, governor Perry. And I said, Hey, I want to, when I'm around, after seeing what's happening to all these policemen and police women and stuff on a daily, getting shot up in these cities and stuff. And I'm like, Hey, I don't want compensation governor. I said, if you'll put me in contact with whether it's DPS or the sheriff's office or whatever, I'll be more than happy on my free time to come out there and try to help these folks because they're getting ambushed. I mean, they, folks are using guerrilla tactics on law enforcement in the United States. And I'm like, I'm not one of those guys looking out here to to get some $150,000 contract with the sheriff's office to train them. I I want to give back. I want to go and say, hey, not only can you make it and survive through this stuff, but hey, here's the way to do it. And so, I mean, I, that may sound like a bit of a cliche answer to to what you asked, but I think that's that's how it's Done. Now, I, I love that idea. In fact, I, you know, I'm I'm a big Dave Grossman fan, right? I love I love Killology. I love on killing. I love on combat. I think the guy's a brilliant man. But the one thing that I always that I always found interesting is is Dave is a guy that a lot of it is based on on research, right? So in my mind, when someone like you, Chad, says I, I want to get out there and give back. 
to these people from a place, a true authentic place um, uh, of, of real world experience, man, that's what these people need. And, and that's what they'll gravitate towards. And, and the work that you would be doing in that case would change real lives. I mean, those lives that are on the front line facing it every day. Would you feel if in that sense, do uh, you think the, the level of service you feel now would be as equal in knowing that those people are better prepared to survive? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it absolutely it would. You know, but the other side of that is, and I never knew this until I had kids. You know, I never knew the love of something until I had my own kids. And when you sit back and you think about that, you're like, all right, man, these these people are the first line defense. My kids go to school and I can't be there. Now, the other part, the reason I want to know these folks real well is so if anything ever does go down at my kid's school or Axe and Addie's school and Marcus and Boom. I call the team together. They don't shoot us when we get there. They'll know who we are. Planning ahead. We're coming in. And coming we're coming in hot. In hot. Coming in hot. <laughs> like I, I, okay. I, I get it, man. I take, first of all, it's guys like us. Uh, and this is the way I try to put it in perspective and what you asked him going on to the next deal. And so guys like us and everything that, that we found out what we were unique at, we went and did it and got in some, down, went down the rabbit hole pretty far. But, what he's doing now. So basically the way we look at it is I had to take all that in order to do this. Awesome. I, I mean, that's how, how, how else would we have gotten this way? Right. Yeah. And the pass down on that is no big deal. I mean, what else? It's kind of like, we're not team guys anymore, man, but that's okay. I'm not, I don't hold on to that. I mean, I love telling the stories and seeing the new guys and that's the way it is. And it's through the family. And when we get out doing this, what we're doing, it's something that we learned and, and adapted to was provided to us by the American people. It, it's only self becoming of us to, to give something, share. give it, share it back with them. If it's beneficial, right? Yeah. We can't, I mean, we're not going to show anybody how to pie and, <laughs> and clear down and, and you know, that, that kind of stuff. That's, you want to learn how to do that, grab a rifle in yeah. my opinion. Right. Uh, but the other stuff, how we do it, that's a, I mean. All right. All right. Yeah. I, I got some for you. And, and this is a big one that I think, and Marcus and I talked about it in the first show where we were really trying to define that never quit mentality. And I think a lot of people uh, are they're under the presumption that to get there, you have to be able to, it's almost a, a, a mental, physical, emotional place of perfection. And it's just not the case because I, I know when I was going through Hell Week, man, and we laughed about it, I thought about quitting just about every, every 10 minutes. You ask, know? Me, ask me how many times I thought about staying. That's yeah, probably yeah, that's a, a shorter exactly. number. <laughs> so my question to you, Chad, and, and all the stuff that you went through and all the different training, you know, does it pop up in your head? Does that real honest-to-God moment of going, you know what? What, what am I doing? Do I, I don't need to do this. Does that pop up in your mind? Absolutely, man. I mean, I, you know, I, I'm not going to sit here and act like every day is a great day for me, man. There's days I wake up and, and I don't want to put a leg on. You know, there's days that I may, ha I may be having a bad day with a, a piece of shrapnel maybe working itself out. And when it does and it's sitting inside of that piece of carbon fiber, it just grinds on the bone and the carbon fiber all day. And it's absolutely miserable, you know, and, and those are the days that you, you question Man, do I, do I just want to quit? Do I want to stop what I'm doing? But then, 
you know, if you've ever thought about quitting or if someone's ever quit something, which, which we all have, man. I mean, whether it was soccer when we were eight years old or whatever, and, and you quit, and then you wait about 31 and a half seconds after that, and you go, man, why not do that? That wasn't really that bad, you know? So if you've ever tasted that, then you know that's not the route you want to go. And then the, the, the other side of that is you got to make up in your mind that you want to live your dash. And when I say live your dash, everybody knows the day that they're born. It's going to end up on your tombstone. And then there's going to be an end date that's going to end up on your tombstone that only God knows when that's going to happen. And that little hyphen in the middle is your dash. And you got to want to live every minute of your dash because that's the most important piece of a headstone. When I go to Arlington now, I no longer look at the, the beginning date and the end date of my buddies. I look at that dash and I go, all right, man, here's some great stories about this guy. Here's some good times. Here's who this person was. And and that's what you have to make up your mind to do. There needs to be a it's, long it's gap you, between those two numbers. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you got to make up your mind that that's I'm living my dash for every day that I got until God takes me off of this earth. Well, I, I mean, we're look. That. He, that's straight up. <laughs> that's we're we're straight together. Up, we're together a, a lot. All yeah. right, and I mean, there's days we're we're at Patriot Tour, and I mean, last year first show, I was in my dressing room and I, and I was hurting, man. I you know it was it was bad, and finally he comes down and he goes, "Get up." <laughs> all right, you know, because we all know when when you when you're in that spot. Yep. You're like I'm in the spot right now, and just give me five minutes. I'm I know myself well enough to get out of the out of it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And don't, it shouldn't be confused with taking a day off. Right. We are, that's our biggest guilt is right there, or not guilt, but our, our problem is we don't stop. Right. Thank God the wives, because. We'd go, go, go. Man, until our, we, our battery's <laughs> solar powered, man. You know what I'm talking about? We're rolling. It's that, it's that continuous energy that just never ends. I, I mean, I'll walk in, dude, his legs is bleeding. He's got to stay off, and, and I'll walk up, and he'll tell everybody else, like, I'm good, man, I'm good. And I was like, hey, man, how's the leg? He's like, it's good. I'm like. Hey man, how's the leg? And then, then he'll come out with it. Yeah, you know, like yeah. I'm, I'm not asking. I'm really asking. How right. I, you know, and I'm like, take care of that. And then about three months later, he's like, oh, you know, I'm thinking about getting my leg. And I mean, it's just, he just takes it, man. And that's the, that's, he's not human. We shouldn't, well, even, we shouldn't have him well, on here. It doesn't count. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, David, it, it also comes down to self-respect for yourself and respect for others. Awesome. I think one of the reasons that, you know, Marcus and I have seen a lot of people come and go within the circle. Uh, some of it was because they were just bold-faced liars and didn't do half the things they said they did. And the other part of it was because they weren't a self-respecting man. You know, they screwed up. And instead of coming up and saying, hey, here's what I did. I know what I did. I was wrong. I'll fix it. It won't happen again. They they dodged you know, that bullet as long as they could until it finally came to the point where, hey, man, I know you're screwed up. I know the whole time you've been freaking lying to me, and now I'm actually pissed. And I think that's one of the reasons that, that, that Marcus and I have had such a, a long relationship to where we've never had that situation. I mean, he'll tell you, I've, I've come to him before and been like, hey, dude, uh, I screwed up. I'm sorry. You know, there's a big like, difference between hey, being on the team and 
and actually being a, a, a you know a member of the team. So I, well, we we live like this. This is how we live. So there's no make believe. And people who that false part of that, and they and they get into this circle and how hard this rolls. Uh, you know they they obviously hadn't had that never quit moment yet. Maybe they're having it right now, but it's it's not one of them deals for us because it's always straight up. I mean, if I screw, I'm like, I walk up, same thing. Hey, I screwed up. What'd you do? Don't do it again. Because he knows he's. I'm, I don't have to say he'll beat himself up so damn bad. I don't, and that's because our, we're so close. I mean, I want him to whip my ass. Please, man, don't give me the. Yeah. Don't let me do this to myself. Beat beat my ass yeah. so I can just get past it. Yeah. Because I will literally yell at myself longer than you will. Well, and it's the thing that I think you and I were talking about leading up into starting this, right? And 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 helping people understand that getting to that moment is not, you don't do it by yourself. Getting through the moment, you don't do it by yourself. Getting past the moment, you don't do it by yourself. It takes a team, right? And it's in what what is the, the pinnacle aspect of, of, of that team is that trust that you're talking about. And that trust is given only in the moments where you know it's going to be reciprocated on the equal level. That's how a team is formed. Teams form in adversity, like we always say. I mean, you don't care what you do. If you're part of a team, man, and, I, and athletes, they get branded this the hardest. I mean, you got that one badass, and he's doing everything like that. Let me, let me tell you something. He ain't that bad without them dudes standing in front of him. And, and the guys who know that are the ones that have a long career. Those guys that don't understand that, don't. Absolutely. Period. So, so, Chad, the last thing, but and we're going to end this segment here. I, I want to just ask your, you know, how in your mind, how does that trust evolve? Where does it come from, and where where is the forging process? And 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 so, where do, where do people start looking for that trust in their lives in order to get up and get in into that mix of their life? Well, the first thing is you can't force any of that trust on anybody. You know, no matter how bad you want to be somebody's friend, no matter how close you want to get to that person. Money, panicking, nothing is. Yeah. We talk about that all the time. Force yourself to be into that that position, you're wrong from the get-go. It ought to be something as easy as walking into your mom and dad's house, you know? And, and but you've got to be a man enough to realize Hey, you know what? We don't, this isn't going to work. You know, as bad as I want this to work, this isn't going to work. But what, what people do is they get, they get that false sense of, you know, Hey, I'm going to get into this group of people and I'm going to become one of them. And, you know, I'm going to say whatever I got to say to get in there. And then I'm going to do X, Y, and Z to stay in there. And it's like, Whoa, 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 man, you're trying too hard. You're trying way too hard. Um, you know, if, if I, I can go without talking to Marcus or his brother Morgan, I just, I saw Morgan right after, literally I saw Morgan the day I got home Wow! and I had, I hadn't seen Morgan in probably a year and we picked right back up where we left off. That's you know, as cool. soon as he saw me, he came running up, gives me a hug and we just started talking and, and, you know, and, and then I knew from the moment I walked away that while I was at that event, if I needed anything, all I had to do was yell loud enough for him to hear it. I knew he was coming with everything he had with him. And then, so, then I'd and be coming. And what I'm talking about, that's yeah. the line. That's cool. <laughs> and I, it, you t- Chad, you said something always just like normal, man. Look, the lo- when you start out doing something, 
the love for you ha- that you have for it is what's going to drive you. Amen. I mean, I wanted to be a SEAL, but I wanted everything that came with it. The scars, the stories, the deaf ears, the broken bones, cleaning the crappers when you get in trouble. Oh, I mean, I, that was my life. And it's the love you have for whatever it is you're trying to obtain that if you're doing that with somebody who loves it as equal or if not more, then they, they can reinstate. That's how that, you know, I'm, especially when it gets hard, you're like, maybe I don't love it this much. Well, if you got that dude right there, it's like, yeah, we do. We love it. I mean, that was the best thing about Morgan. And these guys are like, yeah, we love this pain, this crap. You know, it's wonderful. <laughs> Morgan was so fired up, dude. He's like, did they drown you? That seems so awesome. I'm like, no, it's not. It's terrible. You know what I mean? And then as you're going through that, the love you have for that, uh, whatever it is you're trying to gain is shifted to the guys that you go through Amen. it with to get to it. And that's, Ultimately, the biggest problem we get out because there's no pass down. There's no pass down from that to what what you're supposed to become in civilian world. But that's what this is. Hell, we're kind of creating that, filling that gap. Now that I think about it, I didn't, I wouldn't, I didn't start out with that mindset. But that's not what I, it makes sense, you know. Now I can keep going because I feel like I'm part of a team. When him and Morgan and the guys you call up, man, at any point in time, middle of the night, he can call me up and ask it, talk about what's on TV. I know what's going on behind that question. So I'll just tell him what's on TV. You know what I mean? Yeah. I ain't going to talk about what went down. I'll talk about whatever in the hell you want to talk about and get that out of your head. That's what we do. And, and that's all. Awesome. You know, David, you were asking about how you build that trust. I, I think you first have to understand the value of the word trust within a friendship. And, you know, the minute, the minute you alienate that and you, you do something that causes a break in that, you can't. You can't recover, man. Not in this group. Not in this, you know, you just can't do it. That's the, um, that's the baseline. You very, truly, <laughs> I, that's the baseline. You, you can't go past it. You go past it, man. You're not, you know, I mean, hey, that's tough, dude. That's awesome. Well, well Jets, I, I think this was an amazing start. Uh, of course, uh, you know, just some really amazing knowledge and wisdom that you guys brought to Chad. You know, it's just so, it's such an honor to have you on. I'm really looking forward to, you know, getting into the after actions report where you're going to literally start teaching our listeners the how to on some of these things, how to really get into the, into the weeds of, of, of developing that never quit mindset. So, you know, if you're listening, just hang on and go visit us at the tnqpodcast.com website. Uh, you'll hear the after actions report with Chad and, and, and you'll, you'll really get a, a gist for it. And, and uh, so Chad, you know, thanks buddy for coming on and uh, hey, stay tuned. All I, right. I know you just got back and got some, appreciate you busting out on this. Look, for, uh, look forward to seeing you next weekend. This weekend. I got to look that oh, up. Absolutely, man. man. It'd be fun. <laughs> It'd be real fun. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I know why you love that dude so much. Good man. I mean, when when you think about his story, and you think about getting your leg blown off, I mean, for 99.999% of people on this planet, it's literally, all right, I how am I gonna be normal again? I, I man, what I took away from that, what I always have taken away from hanging around him and, and just is the fact that what you come into this world with isn't necessarily what you need to get through it. <laughs> right? I mean, you talk about positive attitude, he's missing a major appendage. 
I just had, I mean, to successfully isn't as hard as he charges, man. Yeah, he runs faster than I do, which is not a big deal. You're really. pretty slow. I know. I, it's, it's terrible. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know how, you know the plaques on the Bud's compound wall? They need to have one for just like. The uh, biggest yeah, goon yeah, squad a boy. of just, all. Yeah, not the hustle or fire in the gut, just like, damn. <laughs> How'd you get? You know what happens when you run slow, right? You take more beatings all the time. Yeah, because I mean, uh, it doesn't matter what it is. I mean, something jumps on you mos- from. I mean, even a mosquito. The slow movers are kind of like taking more of a more of a hit. You just well, tell everybody <laughs> what the goon squad is. I mean, because we got listeners here who aren't probably really familiar. Oh, so What's it, the goon squad? In training, anytime we're moving as, as a class, all right, it's, it's in a formation. The the tail you kind of want to be in the in the front, all right, especially in runs <laughs> and, and anything kind of that nature, which is buds in its entirety. <laughs> but uh, the last half of it. If it is the is part they consider you're not putting out. You're not the, up here with the, the accordion. Right. <laughs> Even if we're in a line, you know what I mean? And you can't go any further. It's awesome the way they do it. That's the goon squad. They stop the they stop you from running. The rest of the class goes ahead and then commence with the beatings. Uh, and then sometimes they get really great with it and they break it up into Alpha, Bravo, and Charlie goon squad. So you actually have to graduate. From Charlie to get to Bravo to Alpha. Well, I mean, it was awesome in my class. It was well known. Like, don't be behind me. And there was only one other dude that I was, that he was still faster than me, man, but it, I, that we were back there together. And then it got to the point where they would start the goon squad no matter what. Where I was at. Period. That's yeah, it. That's, that's you it. were you were the you were yeah. the barometer of where right. it started. I'd come across that line, man, and instructors had a big old grin on his face and just be pointing out to the zone. And like I, I don't even stop and pass go. Just go ahead to the head, of the, which I wanted to do because my my pain. I was like, man, dude, just let me get that cold water. Let me hit that cold water. Yeah, if I'm in the zone, I don't have to run. I mean, look, man, I literally learned how to fight so because I can't run. I'm like, hey, man, you got run out of here, dude. I, I got nothing, dude. I, I'm not low gear. That's why they packed me full of weight. But damn, I'm gonna get there. But oh, I love it. Well, well listen to this. So, That's not a secret either, no, is it? No, 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 no. I mean, it's well, it's widely known. And my but... brother, my identical, my mirror. He's yeah, my mirror, yeah. right? Is a gazelle. Morgan can just is he flies, flies, man, he flies. And I think he used to get beat because he was so much faster than me. Literally, we're gonna find. Yeah, we're gonna do that twin well, deal. You, you laid the predicate pretty steep for your brother. <laughs> you didn't do him any favors. Did, you know yeah, we had the same instructors. And since we're, I mean, it started out like, "Hey, Trey, what are you doing back here, man?" And then he's like, "No." I'm, and as soon as he goes, "No, I'm the other one." Oh, yeah. <laughs> stand by. Stand by. So the Goon Squad, when you that's who that's basically you know that doesn't even exist in Chad Fleming's life. I mean, to go get that prosthetic put on to, to battle his way back. I mean, imagine the fight of him getting to go back to combat. Going back to combat multiple times, getting injured again multiple times. And, and you times. know it. He thinks about it because that conversation we had about the extra mags and making sure everybody's... <laughs> I mean, so you can tell he's been hit. Uh, and not, not just one. Like, well, yeah, like a little exactly. yeah, I mean, yeah, he man, got after, hit. After you get so many times, you're like, well, hey, man, you know, maybe I'm going to keep that guard up. <laughs> Started eating jabs. Hey, make sure I might add another mag on my back plate. (laughs) That was my favorite part. But you know, seriously, folks, as you listen to that man's story, I hope you're hearing what he's saying. That it's the never quit mentality is not just about the 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 action itself. It's about what's inside you. It's about digging down deep and realizing that your purpose in life is bigger than yourself. That your purpose in life is 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 about your team around you and that service. 
one of the, the things that, that is great about Chad too, man, is you can see that he's been hurt. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I, I still have all my limbs and injuries. And, and, and so when you look at me, people are like, dang, I, you know, well, it's all titanium inside. He, he, he's got the exterior. <laughs> yeah. So not yeah. only do you see what he's doing, thinking he has all his appendages, when you find out he's missing a leg and still and doing all that, it's it's it's, it's, man, it's just inspiring, right? It's totally. He's one of the most inspiring dudes I've ever met. And it's not just so much that he's doing it, but when you hear him talk, when you listen to him and the conviction that's in his heart, and really, I mean, it's palpable. Sure, it's easy to look at somebody who has something different than all of us and be like, oh, you know, that's downer. That's, that's you know, feel empathy for him or something like that. But when you, a lot of them, you look at it like, man, they're making it work with just one less. I need to get off my ass. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's what that's I impressive. felt. No matter what that is. I, I pat, I mean, we got it all on tees, man. <laughs> Uh, like Job, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he gets shot, loses the eye, man. Yeah. And when he, remember when he showed up? He had that. Uh, he had his uh, glass eye and it had the trident on the it. Trident and all the team it. guys were like, "Oh man, I need to get one of those." <laughs> that's how. That's how dark our humor is. Like, oh man, that's oh, cool, dude. God. That's cool. I, I, I might need one of those. Oh bless him, man. Because I mean, you got to hand it to to modern medicine because they've come so far when the wars first kicked off and dudes would be like hey man keep the leg even if it was just a piece of skin yeah, just a little skin yeah, hold on. no 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 dude and they go through all those surgeries yeah. to keep it yeah nowadays dude man a guy get a splinter in his kneecap is like take it take the leg give me that one give me that bionic the blade give me the blade you know i can kick through a a, a ship kind of deal, man. it's got knives on it right. you know <laughs> Iron Man, I, yeah, I can fly from you know, you know, you don't even test me. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, well, it's such a privilege to have Chad on, and I'm really looking forward to. Uh, I gotta say, he he has a lot of those legs. I mean, because he does so much stuff, he accessorizes. I mean, I was making fun. I was like, man, you got a, a leg for every occasion, kind of dude. You got a dancing leg, and I mean. <laughs> Why don't you get a driving leg? Because we need to go a little faster. <laughs> you know what I mean? And the, the, the expression on his face is just priceless because I know my words didn't have any weight coming at him because of what I know he can do. You know what I mean? Exactly, That's right? the humor in it. Oh, I'm going to bag God. on you about it because you're better than I am without it. I'm not bagging on you because you got a prosthetic and you're weaker than me. <laughs> It, it, it kinda, you know, most people, if they would shift their, their meanness like that, like, I don't like you because you were just way too prettier than me. That right, was always right, my joke. Right, I mean, right. I, go, yeah. I, I never forget my first interview on television when I got out was the Today Show with uh, Matt Lauer. Matt Lauer, yeah. I remember it well. Well, people don't know, and I, I don't really talk about this, I was backstage with Mark Zuckerberger. And I had no idea who, who he was. was right. I had no idea. And and he had his had a Harvard sweatshirt on, I, I, pants. It was cold. Yeah. And I had, I was in a tie. You know, they made me dress up. Yeah, and you stuff look like good, that. by the way. Thank you. You know, I mean, I bring out the bat suit. Every, I didn't own one. That was the hilarious part about it. You know what that was? That was like my 5'11". That was my 5'11 suit. So it had mag pouches. So it, and, and my MP5. <laughs> They were sitting back, and I had no idea what Facebook was. I mean, I just got him back from Ramani, you know, yeah, yeah, back yeah. in the day. And uh, he had that Harvard, and I go, hey, Harvard, huh? And he's like, yeah. I go, I didn't go there. <laughs> and I, in the back of my head, I was thinking, 
uh, you know, I'm out now, and I was like, I, and he, had, the way he, the, he had that sweatshirt on on the Today Show, and I was in a suit. Team yeah. guy mentality. I was like, oh, this dude's got something in him. You know what I mean? Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. Come on here like that. Yeah, just like I don't got to care. But in the it, world. it did say Harvard, and I was like, well, so he's he's you know, he's gonna be smart. And I was like, uh, you yeah, know, maybe I ought to. Hey, yeah, what's up, buddy? You know, kind yeah, of deal. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. don't have any friends from Harvard except yeah. for in the teams. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, hey, I didn't even watch him go on. I was out of there. Yeah. I had no idea. But uh, that was, you know, it's kind of one of them deals, man. Where you never know what you're looking at. You don't. You can't. Can't judge a book by his color. No, he did. He's. I mean, Mark Zuckerberg done great things. I, I don't, well, like I said, I never. I don't yeah. know him personally. We just kind of two a billion two followers, right. man. I mean, the guy. You know, regardless of what you think about who, what he says or whatever, but he connects the world. Right, and I mean, you hear you're going to hear negative stuff about everybody. And what I what I love about that man is his. You know, some people when they when people start coming at him, I mean, they'll back down. Right. Yeah. And you yeah. got to understand, I mean, he had that vision in his head of what that, that's how. Never quit. That's what, how his mind works. You know, right. you kind of see it like that, man. Like, I have an idea how to, how to do this. And people, I mean, the world is a connected place, correct? Amen. Every, I mean, look at the. the I'm the, not a Facebook. Look at I, the mean, small, I have no idea. Yeah, exactly. I mean. Well, I'm, look at the small circles that just, we, we just had on here today. I mean, when, when you think about it, I mean, Chad was a, a part of Red Wings in, in a way, right? I mean, I, I mean, that's he, the he, military as big as it is, 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 is as small as, I mean, it's in our community in particular. And in case you guys don't, don't know who are listening, man, Chad Fleming, you know, his Ranger group, you know, they, they, uh, second and seventh, fifth Rangers, they, his, they went in to secure Marcus and then his troop came in after went to go recover everybody else. And, and, and so, you know, having them become friends and to hear their stories together and how they talk about, it, I mean, that's just, that's awesome, man. I mean, it was in and, and that situation. You got to say, if anybody was, it was so because of the fallen angel, I yeah. mean, everything went so bad. There's, if you were in theater in, in 05, you were showing up that, that kind of deal, man. <laughs> yeah. And that's the crazy part about it. The, the part that gets me is I hadn't been able to thank Every time I come across somebody, and a lot of people are like, hey, I was part of Red Wing. I was like, I, have, I really have no doubt. You right. know, what I mean? normally yeah. somebody says something about a mission, uh, Mogadishu, whatever it is. You're like, yeah. hey, I don't remember you being there. That kind of deal. Yeah. But so many people had a hand in getting me out of there. And that's, man, you want to talk about why I am the way I am? Because most of them didn't know me. Anybody who knew me were dead. And they, no matter what, and those Rangers and Green Berets, man, they had to, they trumped the same trail trying to find me. I kept moving, remember? And then yeah. when the village snatched me up, they moved me way out. Right. And they, no matter what, and them guys were falling out. I mean, they came into that <clears throat> that camp when they found me. I, I mean, they were looking like I was. They were smoked, dude. I mean, bad. And um, that's a ranger, man. And not stop. I mean, even when your boys kind of other things just falling around, and this storm hit, man, the night before that no one knows about. And they had the intel they had on me wasn't absolutely one hundred percent on right. point. So they were sitting out in that. I was in at least in a in a covered house, right? And it was a gnarly one. And when they come rolling in, dude, I was like, God. And then they had to stay out because there's, I mean, <clears throat> there's so many aspects of Red Wings that we weren't allowed to talk about. Right. But they had to do follow on. They had to stay out. And they didn't get right, on the helo right. with me. No, no, they kept that, right? And we were in a gunfight. <laughs> Unbelievable. You know what I mean? Unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, it was awesome. <laughs> so the fact that everyone showed up to help me, not knowing me, and it's funny because when the Rangers got in there and we kind of got, I was like, hey, even in the house, yeah. when they got me, I was like, guys, 
Go ahead, man. Let me have it. Because I know if you were out here and I was coming out here having to look for you going through all that crap, I'd have been like cussing my name. You know what I mean? And, and that's how we do it. It's that misery. Like, can you believe this seal this get lost out here? And it's raining. And I was supposed to go home. A Spanky, the pilot, was supposed to go home. He's like, I got to go home. I mean, 4th of July. I'm so excited. Into the pump kind of deal. And everybody, I mean, I knew it. And I'm right. just like, hey, man, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not sorry you had to come get me. It's funny kind of deal. You know, I'm like, uh, that took you this far out on, uh, down oh, the rabbit yeah, hole, yeah, so to yeah, speak. Yeah, yeah. But hey, we got back and they pulled me back out of it. See, that was the thing about it. That's the connection, man, is right. I was all the way down there. You were in the hole, you know, I'm not anything. I'm, there's nothing special about what I was in. It's it's l- kind of luck of the draw if you look at it from a military perspective like we do. And uh, I, I just got held down there a little longer. Everybody goes down into the pit, right? Yep. That's military It's life. inevitable. Right. That's what, why we do it, man. And we're good at it. But every now and again, one of us will get left down in there for a while. And that's, what I, that's where I was. You did. Right. So, they, needless to say, they had to come when they pulled me out of there. And then, you know, I said, I'd start climbing my way back out. And I couldn't have done that without any of them. Mentally, that was the, that's the reason I've never had any problem with the mental part of it. Right. Is because of, of what I saw to get me out of there. And that's remarkable. You know, I mean, yeah, it's unbelievable. Well, you look, and, and that's what Chad is, and you are proving. That's what we're trying to help people do, and that's why people are tuning into the Never Quit Podcast. Exactly. I mean, I, I'm sorry if I didn't get my point across. That's the point, though. You got to understand. He, he, not even knowing who I was or anything like that, had that attitude. All of them guys had that attitude to come get me. Period. And now we met way down the road, and I got. I was telling him, you know, it's it's the fact is it, it boils down to this, man. Hey, look, I I stayed with my Never Quit attitude kind of deal just because I knew you were. I didn't have any idea who you were. I just owed that to you. Then if you're gonna come get me, I can at least stay going. So I, I can't. You can't thank him enough. I you, saying thank you is kind of one of them, uh, you know, whatever deals. Well, I, I have to do that. That's not the point. It's not the point. One of those deals we say, you know, why you and I know each other are brothers because when I wake up in the morning, no matter what happened, I don't have to apologize ever. Nah, ever. It's just hey, we got you know. He, yeah, he's down there. We got him back out. We're and good to go. It's good. And that's why we do what we do, man. And that's why Chad's doing what he's doing. And that's why we're here on the air for you is to provide you with that insight. Now, if you want to follow up and follow Chad's how-to, please visit us, uh, his his story on our after action section at the tnqpodcast.com page, right? That's tnqpodcast.com page where you'll find Chad's after action, a bunch of other after actions and all the stuff. And that's the nitty gritty. That's the how to. That's the how to. So, man, this has been probably my favorite episode by far, brother. I just really, really, I love sitting here with you. I love being across the table. I love hearing Chad's story, man. It's got me all fired up. And it makes me want to thank some people who've allowed me to get here, my team. And and that, that first thank you goes out to, to, to God, uh, to Christ. I want to thank my beautiful wife, the Admiral, my children, my family. I want to thank my friends, my teammates. And I want to thank you, the listeners, because without you coming on board, without you wanting to hear what we have to say man we you know we'd figure out another way to do it but we appreciate you being here marcus uh thank god for giving me my abilities thank the people in my life up to this point who gave me the opportunity to use them and thank my thank the boss for the boss yeah for uh <laughs> you know containing the rage <laughs> and, and marrying me and loving me and giving me what i consider to be heaven on earth because like we talk about man either way we go You you make what you got right now. You make what you got. That's all we got. We're out.